I don't really know how to open this one up, so I guess we'll just... podcast goosedigital.com episode 61 who do we have robin kroll chris o'neill jen pugsley michael turksani did i get that right 61 yep all right close yeah we got it all right um insurance insurance we're back on insurance again customer experience um Commercial lines. So we're just going to, it's all going to be one liners, one or two liners, this, this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Mid-market to enterprise commercial policies. There was a report that came out, an SMA research report recently published May 21st, 2021. And it talked about customer experience maturity in the PNC segments. Um, talking about uh, how these strategies are being uh, implemented in mid and large commercial. Um, we, we're kind of more focused on maybe the mid for this conversation. We're not really talking about going after multi-million dollar policies here. Um, I think we'd sort of talked a bit before maybe focusing in on the, you know, 20 to 70,000, you know, kind of in that range, you know, that kind of mid-sized organization that, um, that has commercial policies and, and, and the experience is, uh, well, according to this report is, uh, just kind of getting going in terms of, uh, innovating, uh, from a digital perspective. So goes on to say that only about 24% of respondents here have a pretty broad based deployment for customer experience and is really working through all the elements. About 35% have initial implementation underway, um, but 35%, which is a huge number, uh, is, uh, is still in the developing strategy phase, and with only 6% actually with no plans. So it's pretty interesting. I think, you know, as uh, people that are working in this space, this is uh, obviously is getting attention now, the commercial side of the equation. Uh, personal lines home and auto has been the one that most people have been focused on from a customer experience and you know getting that amazon like an environment going for insurance um but yeah what, what tons of opportunity to create a better experience in yeah. um, commercial insurance uh so i guess let's kick it off here well can we yeah. talk a little bit about what commercial insurance is like going back, not even that long ago, like 10 years, 15 years. Well, we have some experience in insurance that goes back even before then, but what's a typical vibe? Maybe we'll start with you, Jen, and then, and then Chris, and then Robin on, you know, how you get a, a commercial policy of that magnitude and, and, and what the sales and yeah. services experience is like. I, I think it's, I think as I've still, you know, it's been a long time. It's been 10 years, I think. Uh, but it's, the traditional way is a lot of networking and relationships, um, you know, even schmoozing, if you will. So golf trips and hockey games. And I don't know if that's really unlike any other um, enterprise 
you know, kind of relationship or sales cycle, but um, certainly in other industries, they've graduated to other types of thought leadership and, and digital strategies. But I think this business is still largely um, relying on that traditional networking and, and who you know and, um, and multi-year networking. So we talk to a lot of our brokers who are starting to develop um, brokers and actually carriers who are developing strategies in this vertical. And it is a, you know, even at the, you know, 50 to, you know, 30 to $70,000 premium, it still even can be a two-year sales cycle with considering that renewal in between. So I think that, you know, I, I remember my challenge for sure when, before I left the business was that I was trying to come up as a, as a junior producer and I didn't have this big, huge network that a legacy producer has established over all of these years. And, you know, um, following different brokerages and they keep this big network with them for years upon years upon years, right? So if you're a kind of a, a newbie or you've been in personal lines and you're graduating to the commercial, I mean, the networking and the golf trips and the hockey games were so outside of my realm. And um, was one of the biggest reasons where I, I kind of left the business and, and looking at other industries that were using, that were still playing in this mid-market to enterprise sales game different industry, yes, but they weren't going and knocking on doors and driving out to rural areas and managing Excel lists. There was a sophistication around going and getting that business um, just in a different industry. Chris, I don't yeah, know I, if you have some comments too. Yeah, well, I think I think you're right, uh, Jen, about the fact that like that B2B um, world has has changed and obviously b2b for more technical um high-tech firms and stuff kind of got into the digital experience a lot sooner and so now we've got some of the maybe more traditional um uh industries like insurance kind of you know um, getting there um i was thinking as as mike opened up uh, about i wonder how what those numbers would have looked like even a year ago like i wonder how mm. much the the pandemic has really you know, sort of drawn those numbers up uh, to where, um, and I think we've sure. had lots of conversations over the last year where it's like, uh, you know, things have changed so much. There aren't those uh, conferences where yeah. you're face to face and and so forth. I wonder how much that has driven these uh, these uh, industries like Needs, insurance yeah. to kind of go more onto the digital experience side. Um, but I would say that that you know, we're, we're certainly seeing among even the, the organizations that we're, we're talking to regularly that, you know, yes, there's the need to sort of have that, that layer of digital on top of what has always been the way that business is done, which is person to person. So there's that person to person thing. And then there's that digital um, sort of experience where those assets, those marketing assets are needed. And for a lot of organizations that have not been in that sort of digital experience world for a while, there's almost mm -hmm. like this need to kind of develop these assets, uh, which is a little bit, I think, discouraging because mm -hmm. it's like, uh, you know, these this 35% or whatever are well on the way to kind of getting that out so that the the people that are that are lagging behind, I think the recognition is, okay, like we've got to pull that together. Um, and so I think just, just like every other industry that eventually got onto the digital experience side, it's like now, 
now that sort of that bar has been raised where, you know, you still need to do those traditional things, but now you've got this additional yeah. la layer of needing to, uh, to add the, the digital experience side. I think of one of the first things that I um, heard or kept on reading about insurance when I started to work within this vertical is that insurance is all about the relationship and you cannot replace a relationship with a digital tool. And you fast forward many years and uh, carriers and brokers have said, well, you know, maybe there's certain aspects of that uh, personal lines relationship that we can go ahead and digitize, but we still have some that's a little bit personal, that's working okay. And then the same thing seemed to happen with the small commercial. Okay, you know what, there are certain things that we can actually digitize, we use these tools, that we personalize the relationship, we customize the conversation. So it's not this very cold digital outreach and then we're reserving a smaller part for, for personal. And then you have that next two segments. You've got the, the mid and the, the, you know, the large uh, enterprise where that same statement is being made. It's all about a relationship we can't use digital. Mm -hmm. But what we're starting to hear, especially about this, uh, you know, Mike, as you said, the more on the midsize, what's happening is that these are starting to be companies that are being underserved because that personal relationship, that big push, as Jenny described, you know, all the, the schmoozing and all that attention is being focused on the larger enterprises. You know, the really small guys have the mix of the digital and the personal, but what's happened to the mid-market? Well, they sort of fall a little bit in the gap mm. and in the large areas they're being underserved. And that's why there is, you know, we're starting to hear there's a little bit of movement um, and, and potentially that's, that's opportunity for, uh, you know, for, for producers and carriers to say, you know what, there's a segment of the market that's not being properly served. So what's our best way to get in there, serve them properly. And guess what? It's also going to be a mix of digital where digital works best and then reserve some for that, uh, that more personal one-to-one. -one. Yeah. I, you're, I, I definitely see the, the, you know, the disconnect of like a really uh, maybe an, a larger, a much larger policy, and you know, even a, a meaty one that's um, in into the you know mid to high six figure, or sorry, mid mid to low six figure sort of things. Um, but that maybe the relationship becomes more of a criticality component. Like I, I think in that. I think we're all consumers, right? So there's always that element of like, we enjoy a frictionless experience. And if we can be working with a company that seems to be modern, and we all know what that is, it's everything from your, you know, coffee shop down the street that over COVID seemed to have their crap together to a point where you could get something on your phone and no big deal. And then the next one, two doors down, doesn't. So like, what do you, what do, you do, right? So I think we all like to work with those modern modern organizations, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure for this midsize that relationship is so vital. It, you know, I think it's nice and it's great. And to your point, Chris, like how do those things work together? I think having that relationship is so helpful um, on top of all these other things that you need when you have to ask a question, you can get access to mm -hmm. um, the information that you need. So that customer experience is really strong. And then you get a relationship on top. 
Yeah. Um, but if you said, well, the rest of the experience is going to be pretty basic and analog. And, and not only that, it's going to be um, a lot of work for you <laughs> to, to, to take on. But hey, I'm going to take you out you know, to a, a Leafs game once a year or something like I, it's getting yeah. there. There's a, there's a tipping point now with, mm-hmm. with uh, a lot of these, um, the, these, uh, I guess, whoever's dealing with the policy, like, you know, yeah. if it's the, if it's the president or the CFO or whatever, like whoever it is, we're all consumers. And it's just to the point where it's like, there's gotta be a better way. Well, well I think, remember- the- Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry, Jen. I was just going to say that the, the digital experience is the thing that is going to change that or that is in the process of changing that. Just like in retail, just like all the other sort of industries that sort of caught on earlier, it's like those uh, those leading organizations in insurance are sort of setting the bar. What is it that a, uh, a consumer of a mid-market policy is going to be looking for? Are they going to be looking for, you know, the the Blue Jays tickets and the the other, you know, types of, um, you know, um, graft or whatever that over the, (laughs) over the years have kind of been sort of the standard of like how you would get a purchase agent sort of on board, you know, those guys, uh, they don't have quite as much power as they did at one time. and, And it's looking for more of an overall customer experience across you know whoever it is that's going to be interacting so you're going to need to be able to close those gaps like what happens when we have a claim what happens when we um you know when we we need to sort of review our policy how how does how do those uh you know interactions go how much of that can we do without it you know, sort of taking two weeks to kind of complete. Um, so I think that the standards of engagement and the way that that uh, organizations rally around that digital experience is going to make the difference as these sort of, uh, you know, younger professionals are sort of taking over those roles, you're going to need to attend to those uh you know, yes. those kind of communication expectations. Yeah. Sorry, and Jen. I think, no, I was just I'm agreeing with you. And I think there's a, you know, we all remember too, we always, when we think about digital or marketing automation, we always think about, you know, to the end consumer and lead generation. And for sure, obviously we're talking about lead generation here when we're talking about acquisition, but there's also a whole slew of strategies for this, um, for this segment that is, improving the internal processes for that individual producer, right? So those those sales alerts and producer alerts that can potentially remind you, to your point, Robin, if you didn't have time to get to those guys, right? To that, from a retention perspective on that, or, um, yeah, so I think we always go there in terms of it being so front end facing, and sure, there's a play for that, but there's also a whole set of, um, revenue tactics internally that can be, mm-hmm. that can be put in place. Yeah. I'm not sure that like, uh, they're all, you're right. They're not always thinking like from that perspective, I think the, you know, the reminders and stuff like that, I think it tends to sort of take me down a path of the, well, the BMS does some of that stuff. And I think that it, it's not really kind of selling. I think the vision that you, that you've got there in terms of, the communication strategy and, and layering it on top of what um, what the broker individual, you know, producer m- might be doing um, and what they're able to do based on their own bandwidth, right? I think part right. of those, um, 
alerts are are not just oh you've got a renewal coming up i think part of what you're talking about is that there's the, the tooling that exists allows you to determine if your client is actually active within your content and how mm -hmm. active they yes. are or if they're not active at all and allow you to sort of also prioritize you know your experience and i think being able to send communications that are smart and um, personalized across the business with um, with the individual also being personalized on who it's coming from. You know, just, yes. you know, we all know that these organizations have a very difficult time simply sending a newsletter, you know, yes. and many of them use the exact same content source and they all get it from the exact same place. And then they regurgitate it into a commercial lines email and yeah. they send it out. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's the bare minimum. And when mm -hmm. you, I think when somebody, I can't remember who it was that brought this up, maybe it was, it was Robin or Chris, but you know, how do you do that? How are these other industries? And I think to myself, well, you know, if you have a, a Salesforce license, you know, and it's $25,000 a year for your business or 30,000, that's not a big license, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's organization, they've got way more money than that, that people are spending on, on their products, but that's a, that's a mid-sized kind of thing. Maybe, you know, uh, it would be something that's hard to service to your point, Robin, because it's not big, but it's not small. And like, how do we get to them? The small will be totally self-service. The bigs that are many hundreds of thousands of licenses will have the person assigned to them. And then you're in this middle range of like, well, how do I, how do I get service? You know, mm -hmm. I'm not an insignificant mm -hmm. license here, but how do I get service? So I think looking at some of those CX strategies that, that those companies have employed where, hey, they do have great resources online. And when, when you're asking something of them, you're not starting from complete scratch, you know, from yeah. a blank PDF. And on right. top of that, maybe you can get, uh, get to somebody if you, need, if you need to through a process, right? Sorry, Chris, are you going to chime in there? Well, I was just going to say about that, like sort of what is, what is sort of table stakes now? So uh, mm -hmm. we, we talk to people all the time about, uh, you know, what makes them different. And so we hear people say things like, well, our service is really great, which I'm sure it is, because if your service isn't great, you're probably not in business. So there's one sort of like, so let's not make that sort of our, our big flag, right? But what about like I, I this this very smart person I thought in the insurance world was saying that we're not really insure we're not really in the insurance business we're in the claims service so I know that's just one aspect but we're in the claims business sure. and why why is that the case well it's because if I've got a big policy I've got a big sort of uh, account that is um, you know sort of like really paying for a lot of salaries in here um, you know it's very important that we keep them. So what do we need to be sure of being able to do and do it, you know, sort of without any, you know, uh, you know, without any bad experiences going on? Well, it's probably yeah. claims, you know, because if you know, sure. as an organization that you're going to get looked after when there is a claim, you're probably not going to be, you know, searching Google or looking through Instagram or something for another insurance provider. So it's like, that's a big part of it. But what is the bar? in terms of that digital experience, mm -hmm. when you have a claim, where is that right now? I mean, I don't have the answer to that, but I do know companies that are focused on sort of like that that large commercial or mid-market mid commercial. It's like, well, I know that if somebody's got a, gets a crappy experience going through a claim mm -hmm. and you know their renewal is coming up, 
mm, that's going to be a tipping point maybe for whether they sort of take on sort of additional discussions or whatever. So I kind of feel if I'm in the insurance business, that's going to take up a pretty big chunk of my awareness. How are my customers sort of getting looked after if there is a claim? Is it sure. is it a, a a nice is it a, an experience? It's probably not a nice experience. Is it an experience that that they're prepared to say not bad? Well, I think that's a valid. You know, I think that's definitely a, a reason for churn. I think that it's you know I think there's a lot of strategies that can be put in place for this for this vertical that is a layer down from that. So what are you doing throughout the year? You know, you see the carriers do this really well on education throughout the year mm -hmm. on those claims. So risk management and mm -hmm. um, this thought leadership that you can incorporate into your digital strategies that um, are almost before that experience. I mean. And some of them do it really well, like like the um, or some of the similar organizations is struck me as kind of like, you know, your your HR benefits Mm -hmm. You know, the, the employee employee benefits packages that also include a layer of services around them, right, where you can have someone that's part partly assigned to your organization and there's some great online resources through a portal, oh, I need a checklist for that, this for that. Um, it, it's when I think of customer experience within within that space. And, and that's, by the way, that's not for small companies. That, that, I mean, that certainly helps for, for your, 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 sm your smaller end of the mid commercial spectrum. But, you know, you could be a, a, a healthy mid-sized company and still need those services, right? Either through your internal HR or, or that is your function that, that you rely on. So it's stuff like that that are really adding value around, around the edges of insurance and, you know, things that, you know, even before the claim, it's like, there are questions, and I think you brought the idea up, or you brought the concept about education, because there's, you know, we're seeing a big push on the education lens, and I think that it made me think of many people inside the organization, the risk managers, whoever's assigned to this function. They don't, you know, that's not their full time job. So, is there a biannual webinar, or or is there multiple webinars? But then there's there a biannual like ability to actually, you know talk to somebody, you know, about some of these things, you know, yeah. that, that are more critical that are, you know, we really should talk to you about this just to see how you're doing in this area. Oh, it's good. And you don't mm -hmm. need it. Okay. That's fine. But if you don't, you have questions about it. We're pro it's, I had, I wrote down here. It's like, it's not firefighting. Like it, so much of what's happens is like firefighting in these yes. commercial, it's like, yeah. oh, now we're up for renewal. And it's like, you're starting from scratch and it's, it's a disaster process. How do we make it more of a proactive, mm -hmm. so much of this stuff as a proactive thing, right? Yeah, and I, when, when uh, Jen, you started with that, it made me think of this concept of value add. And it's something mm -hmm. that I've heard mm -hmm. both from within our insurance uh, conversations as well as our uh, non-insurance conversations. How, how does a brand uh, add value, whether it's mm -hmm. a prospect or a customer? It doesn't mean sell necessarily selling them something else, right? It's about advice. It's about helping them, and especially you think about this particular uh, sub-industry, right? So uh, the mid-market commercial, what information can you give them to help them 
run their business better or help them with their business because that's a huge value add so you're you know you're i love the example about a webinar with risk management it could be something to do with budgeting could have something to do with hr it's not tied to selling them more coverage it's not even tied Mm. to their their renewal but it's really saying we we are your insurance provider. We value as, you as a customer, and we want to help you run your business. So we want to provide yes. this information to you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a differentiator. Yes, the claims is one thing, Chris, and that's on one side of the coin. But the service piece, it's almost like it's you know that's a table stakes. You got to have good service because otherwise- and, and and I think good service is one of those things that like I don't even hundred percent know what that means because it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like from what perspective like how are you measuring good service like if you're saying we uh like i don't know Mm -hmm. we hear from from 95 percent of our commercial clients every year and they all give us a net promoter score of a nine or ten and you know okay well so that's an output and, but it's a huge percentage of our book that is that we're actually reaching and they're actually doing and they're responding. It's not like, yeah, we had 20 people respond and we have an NPS score of 10 or whatever, however it calculates. And we're running around saying we have good service or of the people that contact us, Mary and Susan and Jack, they're really good at taking phone calls and they certainly will help everybody else uh, or they'll help those people out. But at the end of the day, it equates to 13% of the number of people that are in our book and everybody else we just talked to at renewal. That's not good service. No, no. If you're saying we're proactive about going and and ensuring that the customers are happy and we're willing to listen to the, to the, to the feedback when it's, you know, a $20,000 policy and we talk to you once a year. And when we do, we send you all the paperwork and it's blank. So you can just fill it out, even though you know who we are because We've been a client for seven years and I'm pretty sure you could like fill out our business name and an address and that would just be, it would show us that you care, you know? So I think, I, I don't know, Chris, it's like, I hear you. And it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. So then if you're like, well, there's no way we could talk to 95% of our base. It's just impossible that we would ever be okay. But you know what? Then don't say you have good service. Well, I think no, I- too, like, I, th- I think too, like going back to what Robin was saying, like we 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 do this for the carriers in this in this segment, right? So my point is getting this getting this webinar education concept down to the controller and the CFO at, at these mid market companies. These are the guys that need to understand that information. The broker does too, but how often is that broker is that information going from carrier to broker? down to the end insured not very often so so it's not and and it's it's mostly a renewal conversation we're talking about these you know these commercial policies that are a decent value right so i mean as a business do you do you measure it and say twice a year one at renewal and one other time there should be a time i mean if i got an email even saying hey how you doing it's, it's, it's now June and, and I haven't talked to you for six months or, or four months. How, how, how is it going? Yeah. Everything good. I'm not going to launch into some big conversation and let's get on a call. Let's have a webinar and a zoom and suck up your time. I'm going to fire back a note that says, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And now, and now in my head, I'm like, wow, that guy, you know, that broker, that, that business, they, they're, 
they're there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even necessarily need to get the corporate webinar. Come to our corporate webinar and learn more about, you know, mm-hmm. how you know, that type of thing either, right? So like, there's all these levels. And I think part of the challenge that, that, that these organizations face is how do you do that at scale? How do you do that in a way that's not going to totally, if, if five people replied to you that day and, and needed something, how it doesn't just totally destroy your week, right? Or the fact that there's tools. Yeah. Or the the fact that you can get that email message out to you, to every one of your clients on the right cadence, with it being really personalized, but it's actually not coming from the fact that I'm sitting to type an email and then hitting send to to Mike, right? So it's, it's using, it's using, again, it's using the technology to go ahead and send out that message. You can have a personalized follow-up. So it's understanding. You you can have a dashboard. You can have a dashboard that says, at the, this is your week. There's 52 weeks in a year. The last time I checked, I don't know if that's true. I think I, that's still true. I think that's correct. Yeah, yes, okay. that's true. It's still yeah. correct. Okay. So far. So, so maybe you do it twice a month, depending yeah. on how big your book is. And it says, these are the people that are going to get your email today or this week. Right. And we, we know what the standard blurb is and you can tweak it. Or if you want to add on something and or take Robin off because I'm actually like, I want to send her something unique, like one-on-one, but I can also insert something into Robin's email because I already know that there's something be unique. And then boom, I hit a button and 13 people get that email. And I had a chance to look to make sure I knew what was going on that week and batched it all out. And I tweaked a few and boom, it's out. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about even on the new business side of the house, So if you think about when you get the quote in, you get a chance to quote, you send that to underwriting. Okay. Well, there's like Mm -hmm. a whole period there, three Mm -hmm. weeks of of time, two weeks of, you know, where again, you could use that strategy for, for education and thought leadership and, you know, Hey, this is relevant to, to, to your quote that I'm working on for you. It's, you know, white paper. I I think think this is, this is really good. And it's, it's, it's encouraging to see, the CX, you know, the, the, the organizations that are moving down this road. And, and I do think there's an element, we're not going to get into it today, that is really about, do you, if, if, and let's just talk about brokers for now, but I mean, it's not, it's not like limited to brokers, but I think the MGAs and insurers have a, have a, we don't, we don't feel this as much when, when we're talking to them, but really comes down to like, do you actually take your job seriously? Do you take the industry seriously? You know, do you want to provide great service? Mm-hmm. Because they, most of them don't. Most of the conversations that we have really lead you down that they think they do. And they'll say that they do, that they take it seriously when they get on the go train at 3.30 and head home and don't return your calls. But there's an element of that here. There, there's an element of this, like, we're, there's a head in the sand and not really, yeah. it's a relationship game and my head's in the sand and maybe I'll talk to you once a year at renewal and I'm a relationship person. And when renewal comes, don't worry because you're going to work with my assistants and all the stuff will be blank and you'll have to fill it all in. Like <laughs> eh, there's a level of this that people need to wake up and understand that this is not a good experience. So it's good to see yeah. people that are moving down the road to layer some tech in and take it seriously. And of course mm-hmm. we have a lot of the clients that work with us guess what? They're taking it seriously. The people that work with us, they're taking it seriously. The people that don't work with us, I don't know if they're taking it seriously or not. Some of them definitely aren't. Probably some of them are. 
they should call and tell us. They should say, yeah. hey, I'm ready to take this seriously. Yeah. And I want to talk to Chris. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, I, I definitely, it'll be interesting to see this vertical. I mean, we're, we're sitting at the 24% of broad deployment, I guess, in Canada. But it'll be interesting to see what happens to the entire relationship and process in the next five years and where how that education comes online and all of these different things and and how as a customer you know it'll be really interesting if you see mid personal lines to to small business the chaos jungle that's been for 10 years and now this coming on you know i don't want to say online but with more digital strategies it'll be interesting to see how yeah things and we haven't touched on on people or we just touched a little bit but we haven't touched on you know, the, the challenges that these organizations face, you know, you mentioned it, Jen, you know, that next generation of broker coming up and, and how do you actually bring them up into, into the, into the business and how do you keep them motivated and, and the, the, the aging ones are having a hard time with this technology. So there are real challenges. Around getting, around getting this stuff to be, hey, now we have something that can support your CX, you know, and, and we have a CX vision, but you're kind of close to retirement and, and you're like, well, that's a challenge for me. Well, you know, and let's, I don't and know let's, if I can engage that way because that's going to throw me off and that's a real deal. Well, let's talk about the stress. Do you want to be a six, a 55, 60 year old producer? We, no one talks about how stressful it is to manage your book of business in this relationship networking way. Like that's not a succession oh, I plan. I, I don't know. I think, I, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that it is a challenge when you're talking about adding in new technology. Right. Yeah, we're, we're certainly seeing, yeah, uh, that right across the industry, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a recruitment campaign across yes. the industry, right? Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're talking to associations that are very, very, you know, deep into that and really at the forefront of making sure that, you know, that they are attracting, uh, you know, the next, the next yes. generation. Yes. Um, and it's a challenge, as, as Mike was saying, because they take a look at what actually is happening yes. and that literally their biggest problem is finding, you know, people to help grow uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, things are 20 years old, literally, like literally 20 yeah. years old um yeah. and they're older than the they're it's almost as old as the people that are coming looking for work so um you know definitely uh you know definitely some opportunity across like all of the interactions whether it's you know sort of day-to-day -day sort of management whether it's renewal time whether it's claims all yeah. of these are needing to be looked at and are we really servicing the company the, the, the customer in a personalized way that's going to allow us to keep that customer for the lifetime value. Something we haven't even talked about yet is how much pressure there is on the lead gen. So when there's the, when it's all about lead gen and then all you're looking at is that mid-market mid policy, you might not actually get to revenue positive for two years, which is okay if you really look at it. So if you look at this as an annuity business where it's yes. like lifetime value, yes. totally makes sense to take on a, a take on an account that doesn't pay for itself in the first year. But you better be able to keep them. If you bring them on, it's knowing that you're going to be able to keep them. And the way you're going to be able to keep them 
is through giving those individual customers a personalized experience and one that doesn't piss them off. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's an, it's a competitive enough business that you can't be, you know, asleep at the wheel. So, yeah. 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 All right. I mean, I feel good about this podcast. You actually, you actually came out pretty strong there, Mike. We we weren't sure. We weren't sure going in if this was going to be a good one, but I think it, it ended up being a good one. Some some of us were more sure than others, but Hey, Yeah. yeah i mean i think Good it's stuff. i think it's Good an job. interesting topic yeah 100 percent. we should come back to this one because there's a lot of uh, things that we didn't get to so all right everyone good job thanks everyone commercial, commercial insurance we love you all right peace out <laughs>